Okay, so in a not-so-distant episode, I was speaking about Kokoro, which was two things. It was, one, the MMA uh, club that I hail from, and two, it's the Japanese word for mind, body, and spirit. A trinity, if you will. And I've spoken a good bit about the body, not in this season, say, but in previous seasons. I've done a couple of episodes on different systems that we've had. So our cardiovascular system, which is essentially our blood flow system. I don't think I did the skeleton. I might actually do that now. That's just coming out of the wash now. But we have a skeletal skeletal system, which is essentially a scaffolding that the rest of our body clings onto. And then I did the muscular muscular system or musculature system and I've done the nervous system which is essentially your brain distributed throughout your body and I've spoken a good bit about the mind because anything any time rather that I've been speaking about psychological matters and personality or any of that kind of crack that's all the mind so I've covered the mind and I've covered the body and I've spoken a good bit about the spirit or soul whichever word you want to put in it your 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 divinity or your your sacred center or your your gods or whatever term you want to put in it it's it's not the most well defined of things but i want to talk a little bit about that about the the spirit slash soul slash divinity in people because not in, again not in this season but in previous seasons i've made a big deal about the difference between knowing something and getting it. So you might know that you should, uh, you know, watch the amount of calories you consume, watch the amount of processed foods you consume, make sure you get enough vegetables and salads and fruits and all that kind of crack, a good bit of protein, some carbs, all that kind of crack. Most people, for the most part, they know that, but they don't necessarily get it. The people who get it are the people who live it. Now, historically, I think we've gotten it. Throughout history, we wouldn't, we didn't know what nutrition was. We didn't know what our macros were or our micros or, or any of this kind of crack about vitamins, minerals or proteins or carbohydrates or fats or sugars. Those words weren't in our vocabulary for hundreds of thousands of years and we seem to have gotten on just fucking fine. So in this context, at least, we got it, but we didn't know it. So there are things that we kind of get intuitively. You you get how to walk. Left foot, right foot, your body will follow. But you don't know how you walk because in order to know how you walk, you're going to have to know about your skeleton and your musculature and all the rest of it and your central nervous system, how it all works together to have you upright for a start and not just in a puddle on the ground and actually being able to get from A to B. So that's a a rather crude example of you getting something but not necessarily knowing it. School tries to get you to know everything. It doesn't give a shit if you get it. Now, as far as I'm concerned, you haven't learned anything until you've essentially integrated it. You've embodied it. You you get it. You understand it on a fundamental level. On a level, on on a subconscious or an unconscious level. You understand it. It's like fire. Fire is another thing. We all get fire. But none of us really knows what fire is. At a push, people might people and when I say people, people like me might say, "Oh, it's it's an oxidation process of blah 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 blah." God fucking knows. I have I've absolutely no idea. But that's a good example. I get it. I know what it is. I know what it does. I know how to start it. I know how to put it out. I get it, but I don't know it. 
And I've often made the point that the difference is your spirit or your soul, whatever word you want to use, it gets things. But your mind or your ego, whatever way you want to word it, it knows things. And I've also spoken a good bit about the idea that your ego or your mind, what I say is it speaks English and it wears a watch. And what I mean by that is it's articulate. Words mean something to it. Sentences, paragraphs, narrative, that's all, that's all language. And the ego or your mind understands language. It also understands time. It understands the idea of you starting at 9 o'clock in the morning and finishing at 5 o'clock in the evening. Or it understands that I'll meet you here this day tomorrow. Or your appointment is at 2 o'clock. Or I'm going to spend an hour doing this. It gets and understands time. Your ego or your mind is both language and time. Your soul, on the other hand, is more instinctual. It's your emotive side. Dreams, as far as I'm concerned, are the realm of the soul slash spirit or whatever you want to call it. Anything that you find hard to articulate, that's, a, that's an indication that it's, it's soul-based. Any experience that you've ever had that was very hard for you to explain to somebody else, or if you've ever used the phrase, it's hard to put it into words, the likelihood, or should I say, there is a likelihood that what you're talking about is the domain of the soul or the spirit when you find it hard to articulate. Because the soul and the spirit doesn't speak English and it doesn't wear a watch. I'm saying English because I speak English, but you can insert any language that's spoken in that context. I've also spoken about things that I feel cross the mind-soul barrier or the ego-spirit barrier. And I'm going to rattle off a few. So analogies will be one. I'm a massive fan of analogies, as you well know at this stage. Narrative, hyperbole, poetry and lyrics, drama and art. And I'm going to go through them just very briefly, one by one. So analogies is essentially comparing one thing to another. You get something and I'm trying to explain something else to you. And I compare it to the thing that you already get. And this harks back to this thing that I keep coming back to. This idea that you're treading water so you're at sea you're treading water and you're doing everything you can to survive and it's not until you have a rock or some some kind of an outpost to cling on to that you can settle yourself catch your breath stop fucking fighting for your life and have a look around you analogy (laughs) this is an this is an that is an analogy to explain what analogies are to a degree you're looking for something. You're, instead of your body being treading water, your mind is treading water. You're trying to grasp onto something. You're trying to learn something new. And it's practically impossible to learn something completely, totally and utterly brand new. What's always beneficial is when it's compared to something you do understand. Because that gives you that psychological edge to cling onto. It gives you something to steady yourself, something to ground yourself in. And the best analogies are the ones that they throw up They throw up images into your mind's eye. And images is the realm of the soul as opposed to the ego. So the words that you're using to explain something, that's ego-based, that's mind-based. But if you can paint a a picture for somebody, that makes it accessible to the soul. And something that's accessible to both the soul and the mind is something that I would consider to have crossed the mind-ego or the... Sorry, not the mind-ego, the mind-soul barrier or the ego-spirit barrier. And narrative does this, narrative does the exact same thing. When you're telling a story to somebody, you're explaining it to them in words. 
but you typically will you you'll set the scene that's what we say you set the scene you tell people what to think about and we think to a degree in pictures i say to you oh he just ran up and smacked your man in the face and that's language but you can visualize that and once you can visualize a thought that's a sign that you're integrating what's being said because if both your soul can see the picture and your ego can understand the words both together give you a conceptualization of what's actually going on far better than just showing somebody a picture or just telling them something happened without using some sort of imagery hyperbole is another thing i've often said that hyperbole like music which i'll get to hyperbole stokes the soul and what hyperbole is is it's essentially exaggerating to to make your point so you could say that you got very intoxicated on alcohol last night. Or you could say that you drank fucking 50 pints. Now, you didn't drink 50 pints, but you get the analogy. Or you get the concept. You get the, you get the idea. Or you might say, Jesus, I drank a lorry load of fucking beer last night. Or I ate a truck full of biscuits last night. You didn't eat a truck full of fucking biscuits. But it's, it's, it's hyperbole. You're exaggerating to get your point across. And the more you exaggerate something, the easier it is for somebody to get their head around about what you're talking about because they conceptualise it. I, I, I ate a mountain of food. You didn't eat a fucking mountain of food, but it gets, it gets it across. And again, by saying you ate a mountain of food, you're using pictures to describe what you're expressing. So it's, there's an element of integration there between the mind and the soul. The soul has no idea about words and the ego has no idea about pictures but together they both work poetry and lyrics are essentially the exact same thing you're painting pictures for people it's not just it's not just the words on the page the words are are more meaningful in poetry poetry i've often heard as as language distilled and there's something that i like about that you want the least amount of words in a poem that's possible the same can be said for good writing there shouldn't be any words in there that doesn't need to be there. And there are just a couple of things that I feel cross the, the ego spirit barrier or the mind soul barrier. Again, whichever way you want to phrase it. But I'm leaving out the body in all of this. Now, what I mentioned the other day was the idea that the body is the container. That the body is the container that the mind and the soul are in. So if Blue, for example, represents the soul and yellow represents your ego. You're left with green. So if we'll change it, instead of colours, we'll change it to paint. You in your entirety are made up of blue paint, which represents, let's say, your soul. Yellow paint, which represents your ego. They're mixed together to make green because the ego and the soul combined are more than the sum of their parts. And the bottle that this green paint in, the bottle in this analogy, is your body. That's what I tried to explain the other day. But there's something, there's something I don't like about that. You're reducing, or I'm reducing the body to just being a container. And I think it's more than that. Because I think the body is, in some sense, the billboard of the soul. Because we can read people's what we call body language and that can tell you how that can tell you somebody's mood you can you know by looking at somebody a mile off if they're in good humor or in bad humor so if they're standing up tall and their shoulders back and their chest is out and their chin is up and they're smiling and they're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed you can be fairly fucking certain that person is having a good day 
their soul is in is in good order in that moment. They're in a good mood. You can tell by looking at their container the content of their mood, the content of their mind. And the same can be said if somebody's having the worst day ever. They'll be slumped over, the chin will be down, they won't make eye contact, they'll be shaking their head, they might be even fucking mumbling to themselves. But you can spot it a mile off. You can tell you can tell what kind of state somebody's soul is somebody's soul is in in a moment to moment basis by looking at their body language. So I think it's it's a mistake to reduce your body to just a container. Which got me thinking of a couple of other things. Laughing. Whenever you laugh your ass off, that's not language. That's a different circuit. That's well known to be a different circuit. It's not a type of language. You don't laugh in English. You just laugh. There isn't Japanese laughing and American laughing and Indian laughing. Laughter is a human universal. And to me, it's a soulful thing. The exact same thing can be said about crying. You don't cry in English no more than you cry in Dutch or German or French. And again, it's a human universal. Plus, they're the, they're the projections of your, your... Your body language is a projection of your emotion. So when you're bawling your fucking eyes out, it doesn't take a rocket scientist or a psychologist to realise that you're not in great form. And the same can be said for laughter. It's a projection of your mood. If you're pissing yourself laughing, nobody's going to wonder who died. And I suppose what's coming out of the wash here is, with all this talk of mind, body and spirit, a trinity, if you will, I'm trying to get to grips with, with the human experience, generally. Now, I'm sure that there's somebody that I could read up on who has all this fucking figured out, but I haven't heard of them if they had. Carl Jung came close, but I'm not regurgitating Carl Jung here. There's a lot of kind of Jungian thought here. He he spoke in terms of the conscious and the unconscious, and to me that was the mind and the soul. Now, I mightn't have that exactly right, but again, I'm no student of Jung per se, no more than I'm a student of any, anyone else. This is me trying to figure it out for myself. And if it ends up being the same as somebody else who's already figured it out 2,000 years ago, then whoop the fucking do all the better. But I don't, I don't really care. It's, what I care about is my understanding of it. Because it's not as though I've just started thinking about these things in the last wet week or the, since the start of the season. I've been trying to get to the bottom of a lot of this shit forever. And for whatever reason, there seems to be a ready audience for this kind of thing. And I know that I'm fucking, especially in this episode more so than most, I'm tripping over my tongue a little bit and I don't have it succinctly enough and I don't have it information as much as I'd like. But I genuinely do feel I'm getting somewhere. And on that note, I'll chat you tomorrow.